You're listening to the Almost 30 Welcome podcast. to the podcast. It's Lindsay and it's Krista. Welcome. So glad you're here. So glad you're here. It's Almost 30 if you're newly joining us. Uh, this is a podcast where we have really honest, real conversations that hopefully make you feel less alone. Yeah, we started it when we were turning 30. We're now over 30, but whatever age you are, we're so glad you're here. And we're really excited for this conversation. We recorded this when Lindsay and I could travel. We were in New York with the amazing Tiff McPhierce, who's so inspiring. Yeah, she is the first black woman resident DJ in the NBA. You've probably seen her on Instagram DJing all throughout this quarantine time, just bringing a lot of love and joy and positivity uh, to the internet. And she's also an airy real role model. And just like this badass chick, like just supporting women, like just infusing people with confidence wherever Mm -hmm. she goes. She's a goddamn joy. She's a joy. And I loved, we were, she actually did a takeover. She did a a set on Almost 30 Podcast Instagram, which was amazing. But she also um, had a tweet the other day that I really loved. She says, we all need support. But again, make sure you're not looking for support in spaces, places, and people that aren't equipped to assist. Your biggest support, accountability partner, BFF, and cheerleader is you. Get empowered. You've got this. I mean, if that ain't the truth. Yes. Yeah, I I was I was thinking similarly to that the other day just about where I put my feedback loops, meaning like the people that I tell stories to or share what I'm going through and then ultimately I get feedback from them and who is helpful and who is not yes. or who is supportive and who is not and it doesn't mean they're telling me what I need to hear or what what they feel like I should hear. It's really about, it's so much about holding space. It's so much about compassion. It's so much about, yeah, allowing the other person to process too. I think like we feel as the other person on the other side of maybe a receiving, you know, share or story that we need to give feedback and just give like a, a, a very concrete uh, plan of action and so much of it is about holding space and it's really an art form I think but yeah I've been throughout the years putting putting that uh, onus on people that haven't necessarily supported mm-hmm. me you know in the best ways it's it's a skill to hold yeah. space for someone you know I'm learning even it's like when was I maybe a month ago just really going through it and I remember seeing a friend and it was like the best intentions, but it was almost like hurrying me along in my process to where I wasn't quite yet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, so what have you, like, what's the shadow work in this? And I was really still so like raw that like, it took me out of the feeling of my process. And if I wasn't able to feel, then you don't really go through like the entire healing. Mm -hmm. And I remember that I was like, oh man, I got to be careful. Not like more careful, but I'm like, or also too, my therapist said, she's like, you could just tell her, just be like, hey, I'm not quite there yet. Like, I want to stay here yep. just for the day. Yeah, You know, I want to stay here. So I think there's also like the balance of communication, but I mean, goodness sure. gracious, gracious, sometimes when you are hurt and you're going to someone that can't really support you, it hurts even more. Well, yeah, because it's like a vulnerable share and you feel like now it's just kind of like floating out there yes. and being like slashed by freaking swords. <laughs> oh, my like, oh my God. Yeah, you're like, I take it back. Yeah, yeah, that's... And also, you know, I think getting older, it's also a lesson in how, like you just said, like how you hold space for someone. Like I'm thinking like, okay, Lynn's like, you know, you don't always need, I had a friend who called me just yesterday and her boyfriend suddenly broke up with her 
And I wanted to like pull out some like freaking, you know, Gabby Bernstein quotes or whatever, you know, (laughs) it was like my initial instinct of like, how can I make her feel empowered right now? And I, but then I was like, you know what, in those moments, there's so much value in just feeling exactly what she's feeling, heartbroken, sad, depressed. Like there is value in just being able to be there with her as she's feeling that and then kind of move with her in her healing, checking in the next day, like checking in the next week and kind of like moving along as she's moving along, but just being there like as kind of this grounded energy. It's like be here now. Yeah. Be here now with whatever. Mm -hmm. And that was helpful for my therapist to be like, okay, we're not there yet. We're Mm -hmm. not there to like what you've learned. Cause even if, you know, if you hurry to like what you've learned, then that's kind of like an ego thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, what have I learned from this? But I mean, we could go on forever. Yeah. We could truly go on forever, but I just loved that quote. You know, I feel like Tiff is such a well of inspiration and this is a really fun, inspiring interview. Yeah. Yeah, we loved it. This is you can see this on YouTube as well. We had uh, our, our our cameraman and editor extraordinaire Tommy with us, so uh, that is on YouTube. You can follow Tiff at Tiff McPhierce on Instagram. Give her a follow now. Uh, she's still doing like lives and live DJ sets. She's just incredible. And just a few things from Almost Thirty. We have our new. Almost 30 threads out now. This was a collaboration between us and Danny of Daisy LA. It is sustainable, eco-friendly, organic pieces that were inspired by all of you. They're fun. They're very unique to Almost 30, soft as hell, and you can just wear them with about anything. Yeah, I love them so much and they're cute. They're like almost 30, but they're more just like cool. Yeah, they're cool. Cool gear. And then shop Almost 30 for any of our workshops, downloadables, the inner peace pack, dream bundle, where we help you figure out what your dream career is. All of those things are at shopalmost30.com. Yeah. Uh, And thank you for writing reviews on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to us. It helps helps us bring on guests like Tiff and so many more. So thank you in advance. And we hope you like this one. If you love it, send it to a friend. That's always like a nice little gift to someone that you care about during the day. And we will see you on the other side of this one. Enjoy. We'll see you soon. Oh man, on and popping. Let's set the yes. scene. Set the scene. We're in a water tower. Yes. Yeah. At the Williamsburg Hotel. It's a dream. In a private room with Miss Tiff McPherson. Hey, and yo. it's amazing. Okay, so wait, how do you do your vision board? Uh, so I do a couple. I have some that I put obviously like on my wall in front of me when I can see it when I get up. I've done vision boarding that's specifically on peace. My vision board for 2020 was just like my inner peace. Mm. And just trying to move past things that I'm still holding Mm. and that are still holding me hostage and that are like sabotaging me. What are those? Um, So I focused a lot on just that vision board. Um, I made a smaller vision board, just like a vision, a vision list. I have like a manifestation list book and like I'll list things out. Sometimes I've made vision boards on my phone. Last year I had one that was on my, the back of my screen. That okay. I made it was just mm. like five little images boxes. like on a yeah, thing. Yeah, I the inner peace vision board. Mm-hmm. What what did that look like? And the things that were holding you back, what <sighs> were those? Uh that vision board looks like forgiveness mm. and compassion mostly. Uh focused like in on things that I just it it's like the agreement I have with certain things and a lot of agreements that I realize are not my own agreements. 
agreements that societies put on me, media, uh, how you grow up, what happens, you know, when you grow up, what you internalize. And they say, you know, Maya Angelou said, if you know better, you do better. But sometimes I know better and I'm not doing better. 100%. So I'm just trying to be like really like diligent in my work and also in my rest. So it looks like that too, like trying to put rest times because I don't really do that or I didn't really do that until I made time. So making intentional time for that an intentional time to see like friends and family. It also looks like opening my heart to date. Hell yes. <laughs> when, that's, uh, was there something that made you just like figure out you're like, Oh, I, I want peace. Like what brought you to that point where you're like, I'm hustling, I'm hustling. And then you're like, no, I actually just want peace. I said this and I'll say it as many times as people don't get tired of hearing me say it. The thing that let me know that was when I looked around and I was doing like, and this is even before the past two years, the past five, seven years, the first time I DJed in front of like thousands and thousands and thousands of people at festivals. And I was like, damn, I'm still like sad. I'm still depressed. And then like fast forward later, you know, five years pass by and it's like, oh, I'm still sad. Certain things still come up for me. And I had to accept that it was never going to be anything outside of myself, like ever. And that kind of work is when you start to realize that you, I need peace for real. And I need to know how to not let things knock me off my balance so much because that's what kind of learned and let happen was just like, oh, like this is happening. The world's over. I can't blah, blah, blah. So the past like seven years, it's kind of been like accepting that that's the answer and and the worth part of what that means. And it's just not linear, man. Like yeah. this whole mm-hmm. shit is just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like one day I'm like, oh, yeah, I figured it out. I got all the peace. Yes. And then the next High day I'm like, ugh. Uh, same. I feel that so hard. I think often about, you know, performers like you who are like getting that intense dopamine hit from Mm -hmm. like being in front of so many people getting so much love and appreciation for your art like and and when you get off stage like feeling kind of that like other side of it I don't know if it's necessarily a low but like what has been your experience with that you hit that on the head because that's what it is until I learned to start controlling um protecting my peace right so I've been on stage since I was a little girl. So the attention is not the thing that ever gets me. I'm blessed to have a family that paid me attention. Uh, So, you know, it's never like, oh, look at me, look at me. It's the high of watching people like let go and seeing how people are so fun and happy when they're like doing whatever you're doing. And I was giving so much of myself and not keeping any part for me. I also wasn't resting after. So I would just be going into the next thing. And then I would have these days when I was like drained and like couldn't get out of bed. And this like was happening even a lot in like 2013, 2014. I was doing a lot of big gigs, especially a lot of like festivals mm-hmm. and and that was uh, like festival peak. Yeah, it was. Truly was. It I was. think it's kind of like dying out now. I don't think so. I think like the festivals we know of are kind of just like Mm. obscure. And then like there's other things coming out that people want more of. Yeah. But I just 
was drained all the time, but I wasn't really settled in any type of ritual that was going to help me to put my energy back up. And then also just like consistently saying yes to things and trying to like build a career and all this other stuff. So now it's very different. You know, I have times where I'm like, this is not happening today. Or if, you know, someone asked me to do something and I can get away with saying no because it's a Sunday and I want my Sunday, I'm going to do that. And I still have to be very, very diligent about that because I always think long game and I always think I'll do, I, I can sleep later or whatever, but like, that's just not true. As you get older, mm -hmm. it's just, you feel it more and it's just not okay. A hundred percent. And it's less cool, yeah. you know, to be running ragged and stuff. Yeah. So for you growing up, like, was this always what you wanted to do? Like, are you living what exactly what you wanted to do? I I think so. Really? I am. I think I've lived the first kind of couple of parts of it because there's other parts I wanted to do. I always knew. I, I told my Nana when I was little one day, we were walking home from school and I was like, so I'm going to be a psychoanalytic therapist and choreographer <laughs> Janet Jackson, okay? And Dude, she was combined like, careers. <laughs> for That's sure. what we did. And she's very much like, okay. So, you know, start figuring out your plan, how to do that. She's like and looking up psychoanalytic therapists. <laughs> she's like, okay, now what? Now what? And I just really... You know, I knew I wanted to dance professionally. I was already dancing since I was a kid. I've done that. In I, the Bronx. Is, in the Bronx. Uh, yeah, I grew up in the Bronx. Yep. I'm born and raised BX stand-up. So, and I danced all over. And I've, dance took me all over the, the world. And then when I was eight years old, I knew I wanted to DJ. I actually just posted today in my Insta story, um, I saw a post of DJ Coco Chanel and she was like a big part of like just looking at her and feeling like, y'all want to do that, mm -hmm. you know, and see how she controls the crowd and like growing up around DJs, different DJs that I loved and I love music. And I always used to think when I listen to people cut up and like juggle records and how would I learn how to do that? And then I, I'm doing that. And I knew when people asked me what else I wanted to do, I wanted to have multiple businesses and I wanted to, you know, make sure I was like comfortable and I could do things for like community stuff. Like I've always been that person that puts other people first. So I'm doing that now, like, you know, with looking versus looking and like my, me as my own business and, you know, just trying to like move into that world. Mm. Was, so you said before that like, you know, some of your thoughts weren't your own, like in mm -hmm. terms of just like what society put on you, whether it was like family or school, whatnot. Like I can imagine knowing that you want to be a DJ or like just an artist in general from such a young age, there's just a lot of like talk, like, okay, are you sure? You know, I'm, I'm speaking yeah. from my own experience. Yeah. So what was that like? And, and what was like that trajectory through school and then after? I think every artist knows, you know, or when you do an unconventional job, everyone's always like, okay, that's cool. So what do you really do? Mm -hmm. And that went on for like all of my twenties, you know, like, oh, what do you really do? And I was like, this is my real job. Like, why I keep asking me what I really do? Mm -hmm. That was hard because I felt so, I still was like very people pleasing and I still had a lot of my worth wrapped around what people thought about me. So it's funny because that's a big reason why I always had to like make sure people knew I was smart and I went to school and I had a degree and like, and just all this bullshit of like, this is how they judge you. 
But I also had family that really always pushed me to do what I was doing. And that's the one thing I can say I'm so grateful for is because I know and I have friends that their family are not about that. And it's not until you make a little money that they are like, oh, I guess this is real. But it was it was difficult and I made it difficult for myself because I didn't really understand that like your life is your own. You you, you grow up thinking like you got to make people happy. And again, it was my Nana. Like one day I was complaining and she said, listen, I never forget it. She said, make a choice. Either, you know, you do something else or you do this. I don't care what you do, but make a choice. And that that stuck with me. And I think that's when my mentality switched when I was like, all right, I got to make a choice for real. Yeah. It's also giving you permission to make the choice. Yes. It's also like you're kind of waiting for her to tell you. Yeah. It's like that last time where you're like still kind of waiting. You're like, is she going to tell me what to do? And then she's like, no, like you're going to make the decision. It's like the permission to do, Yeah. you know, which is so key. Yeah. But I guess, so you weren't, so in high school you wanted to do this and then did you go to college for what you do now? Not for dance. I did go to college for, um, I took psych for a couple of years and then I switched and then I went to college um, to be, I took up PR and advertising actually. And as you do. <laughs> yeah. Yo. And it's funny because like, you probably use it. I your, use your it every PR. day. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, especially in the beginning of my career where like I, I knew how to write my own press releases and I knew how to make my own deck and I knew how to do all these things. And I could research more about what I knew. Everything you do leads you to a place. Yeah. So that definitely led me to a place. When you were doing the PR and marketing, did you ever get a job in that or just nah, the degree? No. So you went straight out, straight out to do this. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever think you were going to do PR and marketing? <laughs> I think know. yes, but not really. Yes. <laughs> like, did you ever feel lost, you know, before you really found your thing? Because absolutely, there's so many women that feel lost with what they're doing and they may not see the end of the tunnel yet. Like yeah. for you doing what you do now, there's so many steps that don't make sense. So yeah. what was that like for you? I mean, I feel lost even today and it's not so much of lost like, I don't know what I want to do. It's more of lost of in the, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. Like when I look at something like For an honest sure. company, like, or things like that, I'm like, how am I going to like obtain? And now I'm just like, that's just not my worry before. It was that same kind of lost of how will I make it happen? But I always had the fire of, I'm going to make this shit happen. Nobody's going to like, tell me I can't. And then I would fall into like, oh, I can't, you can't do it. You like you don't have a start. You don't have this. You're still not signed yet. You haven't done this. Like it, it was a back and forth of being lost. And then when you just like sit in that, then you get even more lost. So I definitely had those moments where I remember saying like, I just need to get a regular job. I just need to have a regular job. And I've had regular jobs. I worked in corporate and I hated it. You know, and everyone loved me because I'm I work the way I work. But I was like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. This is not for me. So I've, I've in those moments now, I think what I do is I try to get as still as possible. And I talk about this often. Stillness does not only mean sitting still. Like for me, it is music and it is like moving my body and it is, you know, tapping into even conversations like this where I'm just like, oh, like sitting here with people that I said I'm going to be on the Almost 30 podcast. I said this. I said this, you know, so it's like, oh, you don't ever have to worry how you're going to like whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And sometimes it's going to happen in a way that you didn't even think of. 
It's not even the thing. And sometimes it'll be easy. Yeah. You know, it's like sometimes when you get the thing you want, it's like, okay. Yeah. You're just kind of like, yeah, I knew. I knew. You know, it's like, it's not like exciting. It's it's exciting, but it just feels right. It feels right. Mm -hmm. So you're like, yeah, this is right. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get the thing too. When that's happened to me and happening to me, I'm getting the things and I'm like, this is exactly what I don't want. Well, Mm. like what? There's just different rooms and places and things I've been in and that just look around and I'm like, this isn't this isn't it for me. Like yeah. shiny things that you, yeah. people might think you do want. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, in this industry, you guys know it's it's just crazy. You have to find like a ground to stand on. Mm-hmm. And I've realized for sure that that ground is everything that I create. I can't really stand on nobody else's ground. I can come over to other grounded grounds and, and chill out and help out and things like that, but I can't look for what I'm looking for in a lot of the things that like I've, you know, thought I wanted so badly. So now I don't put like so much on that. Mm. The stillness piece, when you said it's not just about sitting still. Yeah. It's that really resonates with me. It's, it almost feels like more like, just like being with your soul is mm-hmm. stillness, you know, rather than being in other people's heads or opinions or just outside of yourself. So like that makes sense, like being in your body movement. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I love that. I love that reminder. And it's, it really is what it is for you. Like what we do at Looking is to make sure that people know that your stillness is yours and it should be tailor made to you. And there are days where yesterday it was a beautiful day in New York and I sat by the water and I literally was still. And that was my meditation. Um, a couple of days ago, my meditation was throwing on, you know, Kachanada and like moving my body. And at, at, at looking, it's music movement meditation, but like I want people to tap into whatever that is for you, running, knitting, reading, cooking you know i don't want to do that but like you know whatever <laughs> like <laughs> you do it for me yeah can you tell everyone what look in is uh look in versus looking is a experiential safe space where we do events based on music movement and meditation i want people to like i said find out that your stillness is tailor-made to you it's a place for community it's not a place where you come to like, oh, like you need to do this and I can tell you how to fix this. And I just, that is a cult and I don't have these answers for you. So like, don't, but I bring in other like healers and teachers and experts and we set space to do different events. We've done yoga with a live drummer. We've done boxing classes, dance classes. Um, my women's event, we're going to, uh, it's my anniversary. So like, I'll put it out, but mm-hmm. it'll be um, like a portrait series that we're going to do. We've had live music. And it's just, it's really a communal space to build tribe with people that are not looking all around them and looking in. So that's why it's called look in versus looking. Mm. And I want people also to get a different take on what they think wellness looks like. A lot of it is never a woman that you see that looks like me, you know, on yoga mats and things like that. But yoga comes from India. So it's like, I want people to know that people of color and black people especially are included in wellness because wellness is humanity. So you can't count them out. And that matters to young people that matters to older people, even older people, in my family watching me do looking, it matters to everybody. Democratization of wellness. You know, our friend Milana Snow is really working on that, but just like bringing wellness to everyone, making it more accessible. When was the point where you realized that you were like, Oh, this isn't, not everyone that's like me is 
has access to all the wellness that like I see or that I don't look like everyone that's I see in all the ads or like the Lululemon or whatever. I think I realized that when I started to realize that nothing outside of me was going to give me what I want. And also I was the tool. So I have to use the best tool in the toolbox, which is me. And I think I realized that also when I looked around and saw that nobody was trying to give anybody of any color really that kind of knowledge because it just takes from them trying to like control narratives and how people think. And then I work with a nonprofit named uh, Girls Mentor Girls and I sit on the board for that and just talking to all the girls over the years and like seeing them and the work that they do and how they were doing yoga and things like that. I'm like, yo, everybody needs to see other people doing this and everybody needs to see people that look like them doing this. So they don't think it's just some far out thing, you know, even going back to like seeing that DJ when I saw her and she looks like me, I go, oh, I can do that too. That's why it's important for people to see, even seeing other women of uh, just of any color. When I see women do something and I look at them and they're like on it, I'm like, yeah, I could do that because she did it. Mm -hmm. Expander. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about too, like in the DJ space, like being a woman of color coming up in like a male dominated industry, mm -hmm. I would assume is male yeah, dominated, yeah. right? From what I see. Not anymore. Not anymore, <laughs> honey. Yeah, I just would love, I would love to hear kind of what that's been like for you and what you've learned just about your own like tenacity mm. and ability to, you know, have your voice be heard, differentiate yourself in that space. It's it has been eye-opening, it has been challenging, and then it got challenging because I kept letting it being challenging. And I just, there are times where I would walk into places and they wouldn't even greet me. And these are like big name places. I'd go to DJ and then they'd see I was the DJ and then they'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry, like, you know, or they'd see I was the DJ and I'd be setting up and for some reason it's like you don't have your setup done or whatever. So I'm setting it up and they're like, oh, let me just do it before like you mess something up and then set my turntables up like backwards and then like my records are not spinning the right way and I'm just like, oh, this is wrong. And then they're like, I'll get someone to fix it. And then I, they come back and I fixed it. You know, just like those kind of things where they just thought I just really didn't know. Yeah, that you were like faking the it. basics yeah. of like two turntables and a mixer and just having to get over that illusion of what we talked about, what people think of us. I'm, I'm not going to like put into what you think is a male dominated field, because guess what? I'm in the room. You can tell, you know, my gender, and you know, my color. So good for you. What's next? You know, do you have anything I've asked for on my tech writer? Mm -hmm. Can you please, you know, bring me this that I need? Like, let's do the job yes. at hand because mm -hmm. nobody has time for this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where I stand with it now, where it's your problem. It's not my problem. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure I advocate all the time. I'm going to make sure I open that door. I'm going to keep that door open, but I'm not going to make you make me feel like I shouldn't be here any less of that. And I dealt with a lot of it because it's, it's just insecurity. That's all it is. You know, people do that when they're insecure. You, you, you use hate or you use discrimination or you use whatever when you're insecure about yourself. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. For anyone that was trying to get into the space, like what would you say, like what would be the, the path for them? Because is it saturated? Like how do you feel about the space now? It's tough because I mean, nobody's going to do what you do. I, 
like today, you know, you guys, we were reposting each other and a whole bunch of DMs are like, you're going to be on the Almost 30 podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, there's, there's mad podcasts, but mm-hmm. like you got to do what you do. I think that you just have to stay true to yourself and you need to know, at least please know the basics. Like do not just come into a situation wanting it because you want what the glitz and the glamour and that's with acting, DJing, dancing, you know, being a writer, uh, even being a doctor. Like you have to want it because you want it. And you, you know, if you want change your mind, you change your mind. But I think it's not oversaturated just because I also like I'm not really paying attention anymore to what anybody else is doing. Yeah, it's a good feeling. You yeah. know, like like to get to that <laughs> That's point. That's the sweet spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's not even like an arrogant thing. It's more of just a I have so many goals. How am I possibly going to know what he or she or they are doing? That's just not my business. So, I mean, I used to feel like that, but I also was very insecure. So, of course, I would feel like that. For sure. You yeah. know, and I don't want to be mixed in with the riffraff and I know what I'm doing. And life yes. is just not that serious mm-hmm. no more. Like, totally. It takes so much energy, too. So much. It's like you need, you need so that true. energy to be creative. Exactly. I need you know? that energy to be creative. I need yeah. that energy to get my taxes done. I need that energy to, <laughs> you know, do my eyebrows. I need that energy to see my mom. Like, I just need that energy for other things. Like, so I'm just... I, you know, I don't even know. You can feel that from someone. When I meet someone and I know that they're not concerned with like what's going on, like say in their industry or in their lane, it's just like really, it's magnetic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is. You weed them out faster. And also like, I, I can assume like just like supporting other female DJs. Like, is that, does that happen in this space? It does happen. It does happen. I think that also you know, again, you see who is ready for that camaraderie. Yeah. And there's just women in general, I think, have to make sure that we are very, very truthful about the women empowerment we want to have. Because I've been in, in, in rooms of every kind of, um, you know, occupation with women that it was a women empowerment event. But, you know, they wasn't really trying to, like, empower me because I didn't have enough followers. Or, you know, they didn't know who I was or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the love just switched when it was like, oh, my gosh, she's the first Mm -hmm. female DJ of Madison Square Garden or she does this or she's like, and I'm the same person. So I think women have to get really true about what you really feel about yourself and then with other women. And with that, you can find the camaraderie. With that, you can find the support. Because I will say I feel like men don't do that. Don't do what? They, I feel like they come in the room and they look for the other man in the room and they say hi and then they yeah. shake hands and they kind of just, you know, yeah. go about their, mm-hmm. their day yeah. in a business setting, you know? And I think it's important, especially women in our business, to make sure that we, you know, say hey, at least. Just so, like salute and like keep that moving if that's what it is. But it's out there for sure. Yeah. I think that's a good good point about getting clear about what support looks like. Yes. Because I will hear that a lot and I see that a lot and everyone, you know, obviously I'm all about female empowerment. You know, it's so much of what we do, but it is like, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to someone else? What does it mean to me? Yeah. And like, I really think that for everyone, it looks different. You know, for someone, it might mean like, I'm going to spend all my time like reposting someone I don't know stuff on my Instagram or, you know what I mean? Does it mean like us like, 
doing an event or I don't know. It's just a very nebulous term. And I think getting Mm -hmm. clear on it's important. I'll never forget. There was one event in LA for a brand and it was like a female empowerment thing, whatever. And they had a panel about getting paid, like Mm -hmm. getting paid what you're worth. These are the tips and tricks. These are some amazing women that are going to talk about getting paid and the brand didn't fucking pay them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the brand and pam literally oh bro i mm. can't <laughs> this is and i wrote the longest email what good the longest email good i was like the, they had big ass brand sponsors big ass disgusting brand sponsors and i'm like this doesn't fucking make sense yeah that's that's literally so ass fucking backwards and it's just taking advantage of the movement you know and everything mm-hmm, like that like it's just fucking it's optics stupid. it's optics so that's the other part of women sticking together because we are being used for so many optics right now yes uh, yes and and especially do you feel like women of color oh of, of course yeah i mean your whole mm-hmm, i yeah. mean but even you know even just knowing that that's true because yeah. some people don't even have that awareness to know that that's true the optics of being a black girl and yeah. a woman of color um help so many people into whatever you know they feel like they need to sell yeah so me saying no to a lot of things is because i can't be a part of the optics how do you how do you tell Mm -hmm. the difference um sometimes you you get into things that you can't tell the difference this this business is very snakish with everybody and you know they don't really care about you know so much of the humanity of it it's more of just like trying to get what they need out of us yeah it's like filling the box it's like okay we, we need like an Asian woman, we need a woman of color, mm-hmm. we need like mm-hmm. this. And, like, the, we and then that. they're like, that's it. It's twenty, too many. Yeah. Too many. Too many. We need yeah. a we need a we need a curvy yes. girl mm-hmm. quotes plus size. And they're like, okay, just, just one. that one. Just that one. Mm-hmm. We already yeah. got one of those. And it, you know, it's up to us to say no, to write emails, to yeah. to also, you know, that's the other part of it too. Start your own stuff. Send it out to other mm-hmm. women. Hey, uh, this is something I have going on. If you're free, I'd love for you to come. If you know it's not up your alley, maybe you know somebody um, that you can, you know, connect me with. Somebody just emailed me yesterday to do a gig, and I said this is actually not um, for me. But you know, my girl, you know, Ty Michelle and my girl, like Nala, like hit them up. Love that. I think mm-hmm. this would be great for them. And and just being able to like, you know, just maneuver through that. And also, you know, send me the flyer when you when you do mm-hmm. it. I just I'll, I'll come. I just don't wanna DJ this yeah. because I feel like I like the sound might be better coming from somebody else. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? I think that point about, you know, speaking to brands, like almost like holding them accountable. You yeah. know, as the talent, we feel sometimes like the ones that need to be picked. But I think like, I think there can be a shift in like the conversation where it's really two sided where it's so tell me more about this campaign, like who's involved, you know, and it's not about who, you know, it's, it's more about like the representation, but also having it not be just one woman of color. You know, it's, it's, we always make sure we always ask who's on the panel. We always are checking to see and make Mm -hmm. sure it's like a diverse panel because we look stupid. If yeah. we're sitting on a panel with just people that look and talk and act like us, it's like, mm-hmm. that's not the point. Like, I feel like it's inappropriate for me personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just like something that we're, we definitely try our best to do. And that's great because people don't want to talk about this, but sometimes when it comes from somebody that isn't a person of color, 100%. you know, then they're listening more because it mm-hmm. came from a white male or a white woman. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that like people aren't going to say. They're not going to say, listen, uh, 
we should like get other people's opinions on this because we live in a world with different people and this is affecting different people. So let's put different people on it. And, and that's something too. Women just have to stick together, man, because it's so like tries to be bottom of the barrel for us. And we have to be the ones that are like, nah, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be paid that. Uh, my homegirl over here would be great for this, mm-hmm. you know, and just be that. It's it's women's month for a reason, you know, and let's like keep that going. Mm. I love that when you talked about, you know, everything bringing back to self with supporting women, mm-hmm. you're like, it was kind of like me working on me and then it reflects outside. Yeah. So like what has been your inner self monologue and how have you been able to shift it? I had to get really honest about jealousy. I had to get really honest about uh, worth. I had to get really honest about who I thought was really in my corner. Also about who can do what, because everybody's going through something. Again, like you said, everyone's support doesn't look the same. So then I had to get really like, real about my mental health and like how do I feel like I need to be supported and loved and like am I even letting people do that for me and it just was a plethora of those things and then breaking down those things when I danced you know there was just a lot of bitterness a lot of jealousy that comes up because you go through people telling you like look this way don't look this way yes no like all these things and then you're looking around and you're like yo how is this person getting this how is she getting that and and not realizing that you're spending all that energy on that moving into music direction DJing lifestyle stuff that I do I had to get even more real with that and a lot of times you know I'm just like before like what is it that you want because you can't do any work because you're watching everybody else. Mm. And and also, are you really happy for people? And I am a person that's really happy for people. And I realized it's just that I felt like I wasn't enough. So I had to work on myself mm. and really dig into my worth to be a friend, to be a sister, to be an ally to people and to women. And what are those... What does that actually look like in practices like daily, whether it relates to confidence, worthiness? For me right now, that looks like being consistent in therapy for the past like Mm -hmm. three years. (laughs) Yeah. Once a week? You know, once a week. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm going once every two weeks. I've been going once every two weeks since uh, I want to say like November, October, just because I do this thing where I'm like, I'm going to do everything and it's going to be like this and it's going to be perfect by the end of the week. And I was like, I feel like I need to do this situation every two weeks. And I didn't even do that at first. She told me, so I only have every two weeks. I feel like therapists do that. My therapist did the same thing. I was like, are you telling me to like integrate a little more and not depend on you so much? And and that's that's exactly what she did because we spoke about it the other day and she said, you needed to feel like you could trust what you were doing and Mm. also just do it in a way that you, you got it done. So it made you feel more confident about it. I was like, girl, you're, you're like, you're Jedi. like, me don't I trust me. <laughs> but it made me, and I was like, she's right. You know? And I had, I had been saying that before, maybe I need to like go to twice a week. So it looks like therapy for me. It definitely looks like, is she a woman of color? Like she a is black- a woman okay, of color. Cool. She is a black woman. Was that woman. hard to find? That is hard to find. Okay. Who was it that Extremely. we were talking to? We were talking to someone about that. And it was like, who was it? A, 
a dear friend and she's like I wanted it to be a woman of color so she mm-hmm. could really relate on my experience yeah. but I also had an older white lady before her yeah I just wanted to be old and she and, and so even when we were, were were doing stuff she was like you know let me know if you feel like my age is an issue and I didn't I just felt like she was listening and then she dropped gems a little bit she put some stuff in me that I used that whole year we were together but I did want a woman of color because I was moving into a space in my career where like the microaggressions are getting even like harder to deal with mm-hmm. and like I just was I'm just like okay I need someone that can understand what it's like to come into certain rooms with certain people and they've already like made some sort of judgment and that's still something I'm dealing with for my work because I work so in so many different states and places and so it's just a lot of energies but yeah it looks like therapy it definitely looks like meditation for sure it looks like me trying to and this is the part that I don't really talk about I have a hard time still not dancing like super professionally and I still have this like I'm missing out on something feeling so it looks like me moving my body the way I would move my body even when I was a professional dancer solo like solo at the crib Mm -hmm. or going to the studio and just renting a studio and like I haven't done the studio thing yet But it like the next step is definitely to do that. And it also looks like some spiritual work I'm doing with this woman named Ani and like our space that we hold together. That is really like something that I was very adamant about praying about. And then it just like appeared like when I I guess I was ready. And it Mm -hmm. looks like me also. It looks like a lot of things. Yeah, I'm sorry. But it looks like (laughs) it looks like me being open with my friends and my family. So say like I said to my aunt Michelle the other day, I said, I feel like you didn't like the way I said that thing that I said in the car. I didn't feel like I was saying it in a way that was rude, but please tell me what it is you felt and what you thought. And she was like, oh, well, you know, it just was like this or whatever. blah blah. And I was like, "Okay, so what do I need to do maybe to help that with how I speak? And we talked about it. She's also a therapist too. So. Oh, perfect. <laughs> there we go. So, so like she can. She's give, like oldest trick in the book. Yeah. So <laughs> she so she can give me that. But like with my friends, you know, like saying to them, guys, I'm going through a really hard time. When I was going through another height of like dealing with like binging and 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 overeating, and I said, I just need some support. And this was like a few years ago, and I was like. I need to feel like I can say something and something somebody won't judge me. And they were like, we'll never judge you. But I didn't know that because I stayed to myself, you mm-hmm. know, and you just try to do it yourself. So I've just been open with the people I trust to let them know the exacts of what's going on. You said so many things I wrote down that I want to talk about. <laughs> I'm trying to even figure out where to, where to. Okay, your situation with Ani with... Your mm-hmm. friend Ani. Yeah, I want to say her name correctly. I want to say it's Ani Fairlease, but like I might be like saying it we'll wrong. I'm gonna like, yeah, we'll get her. Because I would her. love to, f- like, for women that are listening, if they would want to cultivate something like that, mm-hmm. what does it look like? What's the structure? Like, do you guys meet once a week? And, and are you just sharing very vulnerably and openly? Like, what is that? Yeah, so she does a lot of work with, I'm looking her up as yeah. we spoke, as we speak, but she does a lot of work with like healing energy, oh. Fairlise, mm-hmm. F-E-R-L-I-S-E. She likes like, definitely does she, a lot of work. She's an energy healer? 
energy healer. Cool. She does things around passion, sexuality, and people don't want to talk about that, you know, because they think it's like weird. But the work we've done has nothing to do with men or sex. Everything we've been doing has to do with like myself. And she holds space for women to do that kind of work. And there's just so many other healers that do that type of stuff. And God bless them because I'm like, how are you taking on all that energy? Because we're diving in, you know? And like, sometimes I'm not feeling anything. And then other days, you know, I'm feeling everything. But I think that people should start to look around. Even through looking, I have like people that, you know, do healing circles and things like that. And I always like kind of just put their information out there. Um, and you could just like look it up, look at the information even we have like within a looking community and just kind of who does what. And then you can ask those people. There are so many healers and teachers that are doing their work for real that will say, I know somebody that you might like mm. and that will refer you somewhere else. I do think that that type of work too, like comes when you have a sense of that self-worth because you like you honor yourself enough to go deeper. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love that. And we've been doing a lot of that work too. What has been the most profound thing that you've discovered about yourself through this, through this work? You mentioned that it wasn't about men or sex. So were you going into this work with under context of like dating again? And it- I was going into this work under the context of wanting to open my heart to like Mm. multiple things to stop blocking myself to people look at you and they, they think, Oh my gosh, she's successful and she's doing this and she's on a billboard and she's done this, but they're not with you on the day to day of, wow, I still need some work on this. Wow. I still need to release these things. So I was going under the contents of living a full life and not trying to make my life perfect. Dating again is one compassion towards even like my parents and like the Mm. lives that they have and they're also human beings that have had to figure out their own life and their role was not just my mom or my father you know and like with my dad and different things like that like that holds a lot of weight on me to just it's just a lot of bags that I packed that I'm like yo I didn't even pack half these fucking bags I know like, about, why like, a do little I have kid. so many bags? Just like a little mm-hmm. kid with all those bags. With all these bags and things on my back and on my shoulders. And over the past seven years, I've let go of a lot of bags. But there's just like these few bags that... It's like, a, it's like maybe three or four of them that I'm just like... I don't know if it ever ends. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, honestly, to be honest, I just always find a fucking other one. <laughs> I have like a... An, um, You're like, what's this Toomey doing Literally, here? I had this other message about like a next thing to work on. And I was like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> and it, it just like never fucking ends. But, but you know what? I think I'm making acceptance with, I yes. might always have to do extra work around these couple of things, right? I might not get all of it. But also you're doing extra work, sorry to interrupt you, for the for the benefit. Like, do you know what I mean? Like your your success is example enough for the work. Yeah. You know, that's why I think Facts. too, it's like, yeah, you might have extra bags, but like you have an amazing, fulfilling life. So that's the thing is so many people that don't Facts. do the work, it's like, although the work sucks a lot of times and it's like, ah, oh, you know, you're like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go there. 
it sucks to think shit, shit stuff about yourself and your family yeah. and the way you grew up. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if when you do it, you do get the benefit. Mm-hmm. Like the benefit is like a fulfilling, peaceful Yo, life. It, it, hello. And Freedom. drop mic. You know what I mean? It. Hence why it came to me. I was doing looking versus looking before I like brought it to the public and named it anything. But that's why I was like, I'm going to stick with this name because that to me is, is really like a key. You... Yes can have at least just to be able to not ride all the waves and be like leveled. So it's not everything's taking you up or so up or so down. And sometimes, you know, some people need things for that. They need medication. They need other, you know what I'm saying? You should always see your physician, see, you know, I, I would hope that you, if you needed to go to therapy and you did it, cause it took me years to even just say, you know, let me stop just trying to do this by myself. Yeah. But that's it. You know, just knowing that this is my real job. When people ask me about work and I'm stressed, I'm really stressed about me. Or like like if I'm not mm-hmm. letting go of something or if I'm just I'm stuck in tight again and I feel like I'm in this cycle again, I've realized my only real job is myself. That's my work. And again, what comes out of it is the creativity and and the the blessings and the gifts that aren't even mine. These gifts are not even mine. Thank you so much for giving them to me so I could give them back out. And then it turns into the first woman DJ of this, you know, the next, you know, campaign model for that. That's just the other part of this. If you keep chasing that, you're going to be chasing this shit forever. True. True, true. Wow. Thanks for yeah. coming to church. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally like, Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. It's like, I'm obsessed. It's like when you're, and we've all experienced it, like chasing the wrong things. I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel that. Like yeah. for so many years, I was like chasing the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of honoring myself Honor. and trusting that that will call in all all that and more, yeah. you know what I mean? Like just and focusing more. so hard that like, I don't even allow myself to dream, to allow what I don't even know is for me to come in. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys can feel it, but like the energy, like within this mm-hmm. is just like insane. Yeah. Yes. Feels so good. But I just think about but that. But you see that, you see mm-hmm. how it's like, I called upon, I want to be on this podcast and then we're here and it's just not even what I thought it was what I wanted it for, it, it's, yeah. it's for mm-hmm. something else. I oh. came here for another reason. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that too, you know, I used to be so, oh, I don't want to say anything because I don't want people to think I'm too weird. Nowadays, Honey. I'm just like, yo, this is how I talk. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm with the shits and I can give you mm-hmm. whatever. Other times I'm having a hard day and I really can't find it and I don't have anything to give you. Mm-hmm. And learning that, that do I'm in the middle of duality. I was just talking to my friend my Lisa God, saying mm-hmm. today about that. I am in, in the middle of duality in my life. Dualities are what I think we're supposed to learn in the third dimension, to be honest. Really? Yes. yes. I, I think I, that's like the lesson of the third dimension. I, I think so too. And I feel like right now I might be like just being prepped on how to deal. Mm. But it's like, I just have to like surrender to that, you know? And we all have to surrender to that. And we don't have the answers, but like secretly low key, we do. You feel it. You know it. You know what that's like for you. And it's, it's, it really is. I feel like when people ask me too, like what's next, I'm like, I, I only know what's now, but 
I hope that I can be, I hope that I can do my work for real so I could do what I'm called to do next, which I feel like is set space for people. I don't think I'm like a, like somebody that's going to be the person like come give me everything, talk to me, whatever. But I feel like I can be a person that is going to be able to like give the space for other people to do that. And I'm just trying, I'm trying to be an open vessel to like, mm-hmm. to figure that out. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Or not even figure it out, just be. I could, you know, I don't want to, duality honestly it gives me such anxiety, so I don't even want to talk about it. But um, I <laughs> That do- means you got to dive deeper into it. Because it gives I, me honey, anxiety. It's literally my whole life. It's literally everything <laughs> I do. I'm like, I could walk, but like, what's walking really? Yeah. You know, like on everything I do. It's like everything I say, I'm like, how are you? I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could have like, I don't know, yeah. whatever. Um, so, but I did want to talk about the binge eating. Mm-hmm. What's that? Because I've had experience with that too. Yeah. What, what's that like for you? It's funny because being in therapy, it kind of was like, I was like, oh, I think it started here. Or I think I started. it started with this. You don't realize how even the people around you and their eating habits and mm. how they eat and their body image shit and their, like the things you listen to really affects yourself. You know, definitely dancing when you're young and having like, I had a dance teacher tell me once I had to be no more than like nine. She's like, you'll never be a a real ballerina or even a professional dancer in the in the uh, jazz world or any other world because your boobs are too big. I'm nine years old. I already I know my boobs are bigger than the other girls. I'm worried about this every day. And that's what you tell me. And it's funny because I didn't realize that I held that shit with me forever. I like insecurity all the time about Mm -hmm. it. And now it's to the point where it's like, no, I can't do that. 2012 was like a switch for me for that. But with the eating, it's I can't really pinpoint what it might have been. I do know that one thing I did with eating is that I didn't want to like talk I didn't want to tell people what was wrong with me. Mm, like stuffing emotions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That my old white lady therapist told me that. Like she was like, you're literally, it's like, so you're physically stuffing down your words. Mm, and I yes. was like, mind blown. Like, wow, for real. And not wanting to say anything because, you know, no matter what, I think my personality is definitely a strong one. I definitely do speak up. Um, I'm definitely a little, you know, like colorful and loud and, and, but when that comes to things that make people uncomfortable, like talking business, money, advocating for myself, even just, you know, in a doctor's office having to say, no, this is what I feel we need to test for or whatever. People think that's being difficult when you're black and you're a black girl, then it's just like, oh, she's just angry. And, you know, and sometimes it's like, yeah, I am angry. Not about whatever dumbass reason you think it is. I got shit going on in my life like you do. Mm. So I just didn't want to be this person that people felt like I can't talk to her or she has an attitude or whatever. And I was stuffing down a lot of that. Meanwhile, all it was was really like I didn't have the words to express myself and I felt scared to and I felt like I wasn't worthy enough to say anything and nobody would listen to me anyway. And I had to work through that. So like I had a I was when I reversed type two diabetes, I was that was at the height of my binge eating, though. Mm. So I had to learn how to like binge within a space that was like I was letting it flow. I had to learn how to, this is where you're at. 
So you got to fuck with that then. So maybe it's like we cut this out and this out, but leave this and you do that on a binge or you do that on overeating and then the rest of it will do, you know, because I, I eat really clean when I'm like on it and I like it and I I'm, I know a lot more about that than other people. But I had to really just say, surrender to what is. What can you really do? And even just recovering and being in recovery, it's like, I really, like my, my therapist the other day, she said, you know, this has worked for you for a long time. And it's not that it works for me because it's healthy. It works for me because this is how I protected myself. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now I'm finding other ways to learn to feel safe and to... Even the work I do with Ani and the work I do with myself, I think these people are popping up because I was doing this work on myself. It's just a mirror of me. It's not that they gave me answers. It's not that they know more. It's just that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear and you see more into yourself. So now it's like, okay, I know that like I need to allot a space to eat certain things that I would want to eat, even if I still don't want to eat them, because right now I'm still in that stage of like, it could slip back and go real left. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, as an example, mm-hmm. like eat treats? Like treats or like just things I would binge on. Is treats, for, do people see, say treats? So for me, it's like- <laughs> I got it though. I was like treats. So treats, for, treats for like me, normal? For me, it's like, it's not even treats. Like, it's not even like, oh, I like this thing and I want to eat it. Yeah. It's, it's like- the act of eating something because it was what I was using to stuff myself. Got it. Mm. Cause treats are different. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If like, I want like, I a, like a gla- 50 treats. Yeah. Though. Like, you know, a glass of, of ouve is like, Oh, mm-hmm. that's my, that's a treat, you know? Like, mm-hmm. but things that I'm like, if I'm out then binge drinking, that's, that's, the part of it that it's like, okay, so we need to like a lot of space for you to be gentle. And like, here's where you can like have this thing. Letting the emotion out so that you're not going to the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's funny because I've talked about this, but I remember there was a time when I had a friend and she really wanted me to talk about this like a lot in public or what? Just like as like speaking and yeah, in public and stuff. And I was like, you know, I can't, this is my real life. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not I, I, like, and what Scary. I'm going to tell people, it needs to be perfect. And I yes. haven't gotten it. Feels like you need to be a hundred percent over it. Too. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like, I am the, let me tell you right now, everybody you see is not a hundred percent over anything. People are dealing with certain things. There's certain things you definitely are 100% over. And there's other things you still got to work on. And there's other things you just got out of. So stop looking for somebody to be the perfect example of how you need to live your life or what you need to do or 10 steps to get to. Because guess what? It's not going to be that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why, you know, creating a community around you to support that and know that I think is so important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you have people around you that are kind of like looking for that, fuck up yeah. or like misstep it can that like for me that makes me spiral i'm like here i go mm-hmm. going back to what i was doing mm-hmm. you know what i mean same but if but if you have people around you that are like okay let's all right let's do it like next time like there's always a next time you can kind of choose now in this moment yeah you know i just yeah i think it's so important what has been your one in creating community around you like has there been a shift in that as you've done the work absolutely and i'd love for you to talk about boundaries too oh yes creating community around me i definitely when i started doing looking publicly is because i wanted to find community that wasn't looking for that 
They weren't looking for a special perfect place. They were just looking for space to connect, network, have some fun, do some meditation um, or not and just come through. And I've had people come through and not like be like, oh, I don't think I'm going to do the class. By the end, they're, they're doing it. But like at first, they're just not really doing it. And I wanted to create that community for myself. I had to look outside of a lot of people I knew. I was wanting people to be something that they couldn't give me so badly just to have what I needed that I was not having boundaries with people or not having or, or, you know, giving them boundaries. So I had to really make that be what it is and let that be. And then also get real with a couple of friends that I knew I wanted to keep around and just like cut off some other people that it was like it was time to go. I've been cut off from friendships because of not dealing with what it is now I know my mental health. And like tapping into how I think, how I protect myself, what I do, you know, and I can understand people needing to do that for the protection of their own energy and and wanting to see me do well, but just from a distance. And I had to learn how to do that for other people. I can't be the person that's like trying to fix everybody's life. Like my name is not Iyamla. So I had to get real about what relationships I was in and how they were maneuvering and how I could maneuver with them and get real with the friends and family that I do think are like my tribe and say, yeah, this is what I'm going through. This is what it is. How can I help you? What you going through? And like, what are we going to be to each other? And then setting boundaries and like having those boundaries be set, you know, being able to have a friend say to me like, nah, or like even my aunt, like, uh, I didn't like the way you said that. Okay, cool. So I got to work on that. How can I do that? What what can make that comfortable for the both of us too? Because I, I one thing, you can't just not set a boundary for yourself and not let like for other people because there also is like, I am who I am too. You know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to change her anymore. I'm trying to get to know her. So like, what can we do with that? So do you tell yeah. people about boundaries? Are you like... Or do you just kind of set, set it and forget it? I set, I set my boundary for myself. I feel like if you do anything and I have to tell you, then we, like, I'll tell you. And I do a lot of chances and I stop doing that. Or I'm trying to stop doing that because I'm like, oh. but you know, then I'll tell you again because I know I'm the type of person. I need more chances. Yeah, I need more. I, mean, I, need, <laughs> I have zero chances. I mean, I'll be needing more chances for myself. So I'm yeah, like, that's true. But I'll set like maybe like two and then it's just like, all right. Do I want to be the person that is, again, I say this too, I don't work for the Board of Ed, so I'm not really trying to teach anybody anything. I think that that's not my job. But I want to like set that space, set that boundary. If it doesn't work, all right, cool. You know, it didn't work this time. It might work. It might work next time. Yeah. There's people that I've come across now and they're like, damn, like you're a whole nother person. I'm like, I'm the same. It's just, you know. Better. I just, I'm uncovering more. Mm-hmm. I always say that. It's, you don't have to change yourself. I don't feel like I need to change. I feel like I need to uncover my truth Mm -hmm. so I can talk to you better and be, you know, me. And yeah, when you do the work, you remind other people that they might need to do the work too, which is really, it's a hard thing. I feel like that happens a lot. My experience with like family too, where they're just like, oh fuck. (laughs) Especially when they're older. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. That's hard. Has that been, has that, Yeah. for me, that's been like, learning there is no superheroes how's that been for you 
it's kind of heartbreaking sometimes it is (laughs) to be honest Mm, yeah but but it's also beautiful you know like to kind of let that go I didn't think my parents were superheroes but I was just like like you said earlier in this conversation like they're figuring it out yes for the first time too you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like all of these things for the most part, it's just like figuring it out as you go along Yeah, and just like giving them grace, you know? Oh yeah. man. I have a friend too named Grace. Who's just teaching me a lot about that. Grace. Mm-hmm. I love my grandma's name was Grace. Yeah. I think I'm going to name, name. My, my daughter. I think I'm going to have her middle name be Grace. Mm-hmm. My future daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love if that. If Grace you, is the best. It, it is such a great name mm-hmm. and phrase because I have a hard time giving people grace because I realize I don't give myself grace. I have no compassion for myself. So that's why on my vision board, it was like self-compassion and compassion for other people. Mm. I've learned to badger myself into doing things. And if it's not perfect, like I fucked up and it's just like, that's it. I think for a long time, I put compassion over others over compassion for myself. Mm. Like it was like compassion over others to not trust what I was feeling or like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It was like, I saw so much of the other person's side that I didn't allow my side to exist. Oof. And I had to like, you know, that's what I'm working on now is like, what is my side? And people would be like, oh, you definitely have a side, which I do, but there's so much that I realized that I didn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. I wanted others to feel better. I, I just, I guess I just, the duality, I see yeah. every side. So it's like kind of funky. Yeah. I did that too. I did that a lot in dating. I did that. Oh, like, interesting. You know, mm-hmm. in situations. I, could, I mean, totally. Yeah. Where it's, it's like, murky. it's so murky. And and then just realizing, oh, you just, you know, that's a, that's a worth issue too. Like, how come you don't have a side? Why can't you speak up? Why would, like, what? So I understand, like, I empathize completely on that. I want to do a vision board after this. Yes. Do you do it on, sorry, do you do it on Pinterest or to full circle. I do. I do. Um, on or actual print boards. It out. Okay. Do you print out magazine? Picture, yeah. Clips? We okay. we had our second annual vision board party at Look Into no uh, this December. We had a twerk out class with uh, a great teacher, Kyo, uh, Kiyomi. We did. I DJed. I said oh. I do all the music for Look Into. So I musically oh. direct. As soon as you come into whatever space, like that vibe is set. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot with Sonics and and cool. and sound and putting those things together and our resonant um sound healer uh shauna marie she was there she did a sound bowl meditation uh and then we vision boarded we had tons of magazines oh my gosh. you know i had uh like books and journals from ub and like like scissors and markers from ub and like you know we just went in Love and it. what's ub uh ub it's a brand they do like um stationery and cool. stuff like that so they gave me like some stuff to use and we just did it for the second year in a row wow what and- about the one on your phone do you just take a picture of a vision board? Those I do like, I'll do in like a little, um, okay. like a pick post play yeah. kind of oh, situation cool. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I'll pick out pictures and I'll like put that. I haven't done one since last year though. I'm on my Letitia phone. Letitia has her list. Yeah. On her, our friend Letitia Roll. She has mm-hmm. her list on her phone and then she has a vision board in her bathroom that uh-huh. she looks at every day. Wait a minute. Good and she makes hats, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tress. Yo, shout out to her because Yo, my she's girl. life. Leah Sergarkis. Leah. Leah. Yeah, she's that's just like, the best. She's the best. We were just Yo, with her like two weeks ago. My homie. She's the best. She's so, so we beautiful. met. Like, so I've musically directed for like Beauty Con and we met at a Beauty Con and we were on the, the red carpet together. She always tells the story. She's right behind me. We're like kind of chat, <laughs> chatting or whatever. I want to do my red carpet. Everybody's mad dry. So I like squat down and I start squatting down and like getting everyone's going crazy. And she literally said, That's my friend. 
I love like, her. And she said in my mind, I went, that's my friend. <laughs> I love and her. like two, three years later, we've been friends ever since. Dude, she's the LA real show. Yeah, yeah. So I saw Letitia like through her gram mm-hmm. and I was like, who is this? I need to know this Dude. girl. And yeah. Letitia's number you guys one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're going to have like a little. We yes. have like a thing when you yeah. come to LA. We'll have like a sleepover. We should like, do yeah. our festival. Oh my God, vision board. Yeah, you should DJ our festival. Yeah, I would. In I would October. love to DJ, speak, do whatever. That would be okay. amazing. Lead a meditation. Yeah, all the things. Okay. Okay. Don't remember. Perfect. So, where can everyone <laughs> find you? Um, at Tiff McPherce. Uh, so that's on Instagram, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Twitter, uh, Facebook at Tiff McPherce, and then um, Lookin's Instagram is at look underscore in vs lookin so at l-o-o-k underscore i-n-v-s and then lookin no and G. you have events in new york, new york i have events in new york la vegas colorado we've done a lot of them cool so Don't. we're gonna be taking it world worldwide oh and my we're God. gonna you know websites coming like very soon to just have a hub where everyone can connect and be community and yeah I think that's like pretty much it. TiffMcFierce.com. You know. Awesome. So grateful. This, this is, is so really, fun. Really, really fun. Yeah, thanks, really, Julia. Really, I love you. I know, right? <laughs> thanks, Julia, <laughs> baby. <laughs> She's number one. All She's right. a gem. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next one. We thanks, love you. you. Bye. Bye, Bye y'all. Thanks so much, Tiff. That was so amazing. And if you found that inspirational, feel free to send to a friend or someone that needs a little bit you know, a little something today. A little boost. Uh, you can follow Tiff McFierce on Instagram at Tiff McFierce. Her website is tiffmcfierce.com and goddamn, it's fierce. So it's <laughs> website. Um, and check out the shop almost30.com. We have incredible workshops and downloadables to support you in your evolution. We also have our merch, which, which is a collaboration between Almost 30 and Danny of Daisy LA. It is sustainable and organic, slow fashion. They're really fun, versatile pieces that I think you'll love. Yeah, and all of our workshops are there. So quitting anxiety, human design, energy healing, all of the things in addition to amazing downloadables and workbooks that have helped us and that we're hopeful are help will help you as well thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time see you soon